3: UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. You can always chat with us here in the studio by using the MSN address. Xone Radio TV at hotmail.com and our website TV.com. This first hour of tonight's show, Xone Nation, I have the pleasure of speaking to a lady who truly intrigues me every time she's on the show with us. Patrick McGivern is a lecturer, hypnotist, and author of "Angel Babies: Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies," where she explores spirit communication with miscarried and other early lost babies after experiencing an unexpected reunion with her own miscarried child. Anyone seeking assurance that life continues, that the soul never dies, even the youngest among us will find comfort in Patricia's book. Patricia graduated from the University of South Florida with a degree in mass communications in 1976. After nearly 20 years in the corporate setting, she became a stay-at-home mom after the birth of her second daughter, Megan. Patricia's miscarriage propelled her on a spiritual quest and five years later she became a hypnotist with a strong interest in spiritual work via past life regression and helping mothers communicate with their own lost babies. Now she has established a new field of research into spirit communication with miscarried and other early lost babies. Her website is www.patriciamcgivern.com and uh, we're going to be talking to her about angel babies. And Patricia, welcome back to the Exxon. You are truly a very interesting lady.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Rob.
3: Patricia, uh, since you and I last talked, are more and more people coming to you about the experiences that they have had with their own miscarried or early lost babies?
2: Yes, I do continue my research, and so uh, people are writing to me about their stories of of communication and also wanting to know how to communicate with them.
3: Patricia, is it hard to communicate with a child, a miscarried child, an early lost child on the other side? Do they want to be communicated with?
2: Well, I I think they do want to be communicated Mm -hmm. with. I think that when we have lost a baby that that uh, we have really wanted and looked forward to. You know, you never lose the love, and the love continues. Right. And the energy that was their soul to have come into a human body. Still, uh, they tell me. You know, they watch over their parents, their mothers, and and uh, and then sometimes they say they even protect them. Wow.
3: Patricia, you and I are in for a very interesting hour, at least I know I am, and I thank you very much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Um, Stand by. I've got to take a two-minute commercial break. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Patricia McGivern. We're going to be talking about angel babies, messages from miscarried and other lost babies. Her website, once again, is www.patriciamcgivern.com. Interesting topic. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The x And we're coming to you live from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies for the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo being held February the 17th, 18th, and 19th at the International Centre, 6900 Airport Road in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, visit their website at www.BodySoulSpiritExpo.com. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away. back, everyone. Patricia McGivern is my special guest. Uh, She's the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Her website is patriciamcgivern.com. Now, Patricia, I was wondering if you could tell us, if it's not too disturbing for you, when you began to hear from your very own miscarried baby. It's not
2: disturbing at all. It's the best part of the story. Okay. after I miscarried, uh, it would my baby would have been my second child, and Megan, my my second daughter, came afterwards. But it was four and a half years after the loss, the miscarriage, that I began hearing from a baby that I learned uh, was named Dylan.
3: Was named what? Dylan. Dylan. Okay.
2: Yes, Dylan. And uh, I, it was long past the grieving stage, mm-hmm. so it wasn't as though I, and I had a very busy three-year-old, I wasn't, it wasn't a daily thought, in other words, it was uh, the, the healing, the grieving had mm-hmm. happened, and of course I always um, would think of the baby at, at certain times, but I wasn't in deep grief, in other words, at the time that I heard from him.
3: What was it like? How did you? How was the communication done? Was it done through the third eye? Was it done as if you were being channeled? Uh, was it a, a voice, a whisper, a feeling?
2: Uh, good, good question. Well, actually, I was uh, taking one of those rare uh, light afternoon naps, mm-hmm. and as I was waking up in that in-between state. Uh, which I now realize is a a time where the other side, you know, the veil is drawn back and the other side can talk to you. I didn't know any of this, then. I was not metaphysical at all. Uh, So when I was waking up from that dream state and my eyes were still closed, I heard a very urgent voice next to me saying, I'm right here, I'm right here! And my eyes flew open, thinking it was my three-year-old Megan. Right. And she wasn't in the room, she wasn't anywhere downstairs, and a voice, um, not really a voice, an answer came within my mind that said, you'll find her upstairs asleep. And with that, the hair on the back of my neck went up, because I couldn't make sense of how something, I knew I wasn't sleeping or dreaming, Mm -hmm. TV wasn't on, radio wasn't on, you know, how you're trying to rationalize what you're hearing and I ran upstairs only to find her clearly in a very deep sleep and I again was trying to make sense. What was the voice? Who was? What did I hear? And the answer came, it was the baby lost. So that's how it began. I can assure you I was stunned and shot and my eyes were wide open during the experience. Uh, and then Less than a week later, I went to get a massage, Mm -hmm. and the massage therapist began massaging me and said, he's here. And I said, who's here as I'm covering up? She said, the baby you lost. You've been wanting to know if it was a boy or girl. He's come to tell you.
3: Now, at this time, did you know that your massage therapist uh, was, was able to communicate like this?
2: No, I didn't. Wow. I knew she was, um, I'm going to say different, because that's how I looked at it at right. the time. She. It was basically like a metaphysical store that she had mm-hmm. with uh, what I called were rocks, <laughs> you know, at the time, and, and all of these things that I, at the time, I thought, who comes here, you know, what what is this place? And yet I was drawn to it. I knew she had seen her guide because she had a painting of a Native American on the wall, and she said it, it looked a lot like him. So I thought I thought it was fascinating, and uh, I knew she had said she had seen him, but she had never told me she was psychic any, in any way. So I was quite surprised, and frankly, there was a, a very big skeptic in me. So as she said this, I basically wanted proof, well, how old does he look to mm-hmm. be? And she said well, he looks to be four years old, and I thought, okay, that's a lucky guess, because she knew nothing about how long it had been and uh, that I had miscarried. And, in fact, I thought that I had said to her, when she said, how are you doing this week, I said, I've been thinking a lot about the baby I lost. But if you were to ask her this, she said, you may have said it, I never heard it, so when he appeared, I wasn't sure if I should say anything, because you were a a customer, and I knew you weren't into all of this, so I was a little worried to share that I'm seeing your miscarried baby. She began to describe him, and uh, he looked uh, a lot like my little girls with blonde hair and big blue eyes, and I don't have blonde hair, and she'd Mm -hmm. never seen pictures of them or seen them. So for me, these were confirmations as she continued talking, and she began saying he's got a little red wagon, and in the wagon, there's a bear. And about two weeks earlier, I had been in a store and bought kind of an antique-looking bear for me, not Mm -hmm. for either of my little children. And I thought, this is weird. Why am I buying this bear? But she began to describe this exact bear to me. And so I said, flip me over. Let me see if I can talk to him, because I had been... During massages, about halfway through, when you're in a very relaxed state, I had been talking, I'm going to say, to my deceased parents. Now, I have to say, I wasn't really sure I was talking to them. I just thought I had a very good imagination. (laughs) And I began hearing things from them that I wouldn't have imagined, however. So I guess perhaps on one side, you know, I was more open than I realized. But I thought, if I can talk to my parents this way, maybe I can talk to him. And as I began to call out to him, I heard that same familiar little voice to the left of me. And you know how when there's like somebody in a crowd is standing next to you and you turn around and someone is standing there? It's it's like you can feel that energy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I began talking to him when another presence Today, I would call that presence a guide. Back then, I didn't know those words. And he said, what about Megan? And I thought, who are you? What are you doing here? And I'm finally talking to my deceased baby. And Dylan answered, Megan was to have come with me. She chose to return to you because she wanted you to be her mommy, but I fulfilled my mission. And so, ooh, even right now, I have goosebumps. Oh, my goodness, that. So, so do I. <laughs> uh, and so, this is how the communication began. That day was so phenomenal for me. Mm-hmm. I came home. My husband's a mental health counselor, so I started a lot of conversations with, honey, you aren't going to believe <laughs> what just happened to me today, followed by, am I going crazy? I'm like hearing things now. I'm, you know, sensing, am I going crazy? I think it was so big for him to take in as well that he didn't answer me. He just kind of put the paper down and looked at me, and I thought, yeah, he's probably thinking, okay, now she's gone too far. Uh, And then Megan ran in and wrapped her little arms around me, and as I walked out into the living room, My last thought that I remember was, yeah, this was too much. How could this possibly have happened? And I completely forgot this phenomenal experience until I went back to get a massage about two months later. And it was during that time that she was saying, you know, did you enjoy your massage? And I said, yes. And Mm -hmm. she said, well, what did Tim have to say? Did I enjoy myself? And she said, I talked to your dead baby, and I was like, ah! And I had completely, Rob, forgotten everything. It was as though it was too much for me to take in, is the only way I can describe it. And with that, I remembered everything but his name. And I said, how can I have forgotten this? How can I have forgotten his name? And she began to massage me, and she said, It's Dylan, and I said, how did you remember? You've got such a great memory. And she said, I didn't remember. He's back, and he's not too happy you forgot his name. (laughs) And so it was during that time that Dylan told her, Marianne is her name, Mm -hmm. that one of my life's missions was to write a book, and the title of the book would be Angel Babies to Help Heal the Mommies Who've Lost Their Babies. And as profound as that moment was, my thought was, wrong mommy, wrong life mission. I'm not a writer. What do I know about, you know, babies in heaven? And uh, I'm not going to do that. He didn't say I had to do that. And so that's how it began. It would take me uh, five years of having a lot of experiences with Dylan until finally, I said, "I need proof." and I was just reading that again five six days from five years later, uh, I got the final proof from him. I said, "If you show me this, I will believe everything that's happened." I never doubted what happened to me, Rob. It was mm-hmm. this whole mission business, this whole writing a book when I didn't feel like I was a writer or or knew what to say, and what I ended up learning." During that time, I went on a, a spiritual exploration, reading everything I could get my hands on regarding angels and near-death experiences and past-life regression, and in fact, ended up becoming a past-life regression, as becoming a hypnotist and specializing in past-life regression. And, uh, but it took a long time to step into that uh, mission that I was supposed to step into. And then I began researching. I knew that if it had happened to me, mm-hmm. surely it had happened to others.
3: All right, what we're and going to so do here is we're going to take our news break, Patricia. I've got to take my break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, fascinating lady. I told you she was going to be interesting. Patricia McGovern is <laughs> our special guest. McGivern, I'm sorry, is our special guest. dot www.patriciamcgivern.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A mcgivern.com. The name of her book is Angel Babies: Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV, and Hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. TV.com. And welcome back, everyone. Patricia McGivern is my special guest. We're talking about Patricia's book, Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Her website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. Now, before I get back to Patricia, I'd just like to uh, read you uh, a headline that just went by us from our news desk. This is something that you will say, uh, yeah, we kind of figured that out, Rob. Ready for this nation Widespread Waste and Fraud in War Spending. Hmm. The U.S. has lost billions of dollars to waste and fraud in Iraq and Afghanistan and stands to repeat that in future wars without big changes in how government awards and manage, manages contracts for battlefield support, independent investigators said Wednesday. No kidding! Why does it take them all these years to figure that out? Why don't they just ask the public? We know what's going on. And And we're not politicians. Well, maybe that's why. We'll have more on that story later. Uh, Patricia, welcome back, my dear, and thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, great. I thought we lost you there for a sec. You were in so no. quiet. <laughs> Tell me, Patricia, has Dylan ever tried to communicate with Megan?
2: That's very interesting you bring that up. Uh, when she was a little girl, her only interest seemed to be talking on telephone. Mm-hmm. And for quite the years, probably, I, I waited. We did not talk about um, the lost baby to her, and we didn't mention, well, we didn't know the name until this all began to happen. Right. Um, and so I wondered, once we did know, if she would one day... Tell me she was talking to a little boy named Dylan on the phone. But but after uh, waiting as long as I could, I, I finally uh, did end up using Dylan's name. I think that Dylan does watch over her. Uh, there was a drawing that's in the book. Uh, Megan had speech issues when she was a little girl, and she was at a speech therapist. And I remember watching her work with the therapist through a one way mirror. Mm-hmm and beginning to pray, because she seemed to be struggling so much, and, you know, after praying to God, and then I brought in the angels, then I brought in every deceased relative I could think of to help her, and that evening when I got home, I was, um, uh, she had gone over to a friend's house to play, and when I went to pick her up, uh, she wasn't one who liked to draw. Most kids Every child, in fact, that I know loves the color and all, mm-hmm. but that wasn't yep. something. She she had visual-spatial issues as well. And when the kids uh, ran up to the car to see me, they all had these little, uh, like popsicle stick people they had made, and then they just kind of parted, and Megan walked from the back, because I thought, uh-oh, this is going to be tears, and uh, she presented me with the first drawing she's ever given me since before then and since then. And it was of our family, and in the middle was Dylan with a halo around his head. And so as that night, as I was stirring spaghetti, I thought, why now? Why? Why? And to me, it was an answer that he was on the job, watching out for her, and basically not to worry. Uh, it would be years. She uh, just now started her freshman year of college, but... And just last year, she said, I want to hear from Dylan. Why Why don't I hear from Dylan? And I said, well, if you want to, just ask. And the next day at school, as she was at her locker, she felt a tap on her shoulder. You know how sometimes mm-hmm. kids will tap you, yep. and they'll, they'll be on the other side. And she turned around immediately. There weren't any children within 20 feet of her. There's no way somebody could have moved that fast, and she said it felt very playful. And from what I know about Dylan,
3: over the years,
2: he is a bit playful and mischievous.
3: <laughs> now, now that brings so, up that brings up another question: Do who, do the um, miscarried babies and other lost babies communicate with anyone outside? Uh, I mean, besides the mother?
2: Yes, I have heard stories of, uh, sometimes, you know, we can't hear. Either we're in in deep grief or Mm -hmm. we're not paying attention. And so if the soul of that baby, that spirit, can get to the next-door neighbor who knows is open, they will and have. And then that person will come and tell the parent. Um, Of course, they can also communicate with uh, a psychic medium uh um, if you know if that happens, I've got a fantastic story in the book of uh messages that actually went to initially to a sister in law i believe of um someone and it it was so powerful that the family actually went and had a personal reading with them. wow, and got names and how the baby passed and uh everything it was it was fantastic, and I think what each of us wants to know is, you know, are they okay, you know?
3: Let me ask you this, Patricia. You, you've you been involved with the media, publishing, and, you know, you're a person who knows how things get out there. Why hasn't this phenomenon been talked about more?
2: I don't know. It's That's very interesting to me because I have approached uh, bereavement groups mm-hmm. that I thought would certainly be interested in this information, but I did not censor some of the information that came to me. So I do talk about psychics, and that can turn off certain religious groups, um, even calling it the work of the devil, uh, and some bereavement groups, because there were several women who wrote to me who had aborted babies who had come through, and I should say that the babies say, I can forgive you, but there's nothing to forgive, there was no, it's not what you would expect to hear. But because I mentioned the aborted babies, um, they weren't interested in promoting this information, even though that's not the main emphasis of the book, it's just, you know, another child came through.
3: Sounds very prejudiced to me.
2: Sounds, excuse me?
3: I said it sounds very prejudiced to me.
2: Yeah, I yeah. just I'm surprised that um, they, that they aren't uh, clamoring for any information and let those listening decide if it fits for them or not. I'm not trying to convince anybody. All I'm trying to do is yes. share my experience and my research and take what you like and leave the rest.
3: You know, and and the, and the funny part about this entire thing is, you know, where they're, they're in my opinion, they're being prejudiced towards you and certain parts of your views that I believe the information should get out there, is that these are the same people who get on a, a soapbox and, and declare that, you know, everything is based on free will. Well, if you've got the free will from one side, you should have the free will from the other side.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, right.
3: What has been, so, in your your opinion, the most fascinating story that you've come across over the years working with with the uh, miscarried babies and other lost babies?
2: Um. Well, I think because I had so many experiences mm-hmm. uh, over the years, you know, I'm going to say those were interesting to me. But but there were some stories that were really touching. One that I would like to share with you had to do with. You know, just how healing this, this can be. Mm-hmm. And um it was a story from a woman who uh had lost a baby and she had uh been to a psychic reading and the the psychic had said uh that this baby that she that was never born was sent to her healed seven generations past and seven generations to come and she said she never figured out the past part but the future was quite clear because her father and her had never had a close relationship the parents had divorced when she was nine and she hardly ever saw or talk to him but when she was admitted to the hospital and she was losing the baby her father came and he never left her side she said that more healing took place in those thirty six hours than it could have taken place in ten years. I've got goosebumps just talking about that. So, you know, there are so many reasons that the babies come and the babies uh leave. Mm-hmm. But when they come and sometimes they come in the dream state, um in one story that was sent to me The baby said to the mom, I'm sorry, I have to leave you. It's not a good time to come into your life right now. I love you. I will see you later. And the mother was so happy that she could talk to her that she came to say goodbye, and then she miscarried several days later. But she said the baby looked so peaceful and beautiful and was so grateful that she came that she didn't feel much mourning. But a month later, her husband died unexpectedly.
3: Oh, heavens.
2: Yeah. So, you know, from a soul level, there are so many reasons that they come into this world, uh, including choosing us, you know, as their parents for Mm -hmm. whatever soul lesson that they are to learn and want to learn and reasons why they leave.
3: Patricia, as a hypnotist, uh, you know, past-life regression has always been looked at with a lot of skepticism. When you started doing hypnosis, were you skeptical of past-life regression?
2: No, because actually that was the first book I began reading after my experience with Dylan. And um, it was Marianne who suggested that I read uh, Many Lives, Many
5: Masters, Mm -hmm.
2: and as I read it, it resonated so deeply in me. I did not think that I believed in reincarnation at the time. And yet my first uncensored thought, if you've ever had one of those thought come from was when I found out that I was pregnant with Dylan and I found out the due date, which was close to when my dad's would have been, he had already passed. I thought that uncensored thought the baby will come on my dad's birthday because the baby is my dad returning to me? It was kind of one of those things where it was like, ah, like mm-hmm. who said that or who thought that? You know, what was that about? And I did learn over time, in fact, that Dylan was my dad returning oh, my to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that uh, in a regression years later, mm-hmm. in a regression it was as though I... It was as though I kind of became my dad briefly or I just understood so completely because I could feel the emotions that he wanted to come back to be with me in physical form. But he found a way to help me that would involve him leaving very early. You know, if we each come with a different soul lesson and what it is we want to learn. And Hmm. he found a way to accomplish his goal very quickly, but it would mean him leaving early, and it felt like a sacrifice to me, but he said he loved me enough to do that, and it was actually him not coming as Dylan, because that experience would eventually propel me to uh, my own spiritual journey, which would not have happened without this great loss, and to eventually riding Angel Babies, which... Evidently, he knew I would when I thought I wouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, and who knows what the next step is, because now I am writing a book about healing through past life regression called Soul Explore, and how healing can happen through this uh, modality.
3: When When putting somebody through hypnosis and regressing them backwards... Does it ever amaze you who you've, you know, the life that this person has lived before, and and how do you how do you solve the problems of today through hypnosis, and past lives?
2: Yeah, good question. It is first of all, it's fascinating. You know, there's a part of us that knows everything mm-hmm. from all of time, and so when you're in hypnosis, it's actually a state very similar to meditation. We go in and out of this state throughout the day without realizing it. In fact, the state that I was in when I first heard Dylan, that in-between state, waking up from a nap, that's actually a light state of hypnosis. Even daydreaming is a light state. But we're able to access that deeper part of us, so if someone were to come to me, for instance. fascinating client uh, who did not know, you know, what I'm doing now, Mm -hmm. so to speak, meaning past life regression, just came to me for hypnosis because she would wake up in the middle of the night and couldn't go back to sleep. So I regressed her to when that feeling first began, everything is filed by feelings in the subconscious, and she spontaneously regressed into another lifetime, and her voice dropped a little bit, and she said, well, I'm a man and I'm about to be hung and I did it
5: all right oh my lord
2: and uh she had become a man who was about to be hung for horse thievery
3: all right we've got to take a, a quick break here we're going to turn this into a cliffhanger wow <laughs> okay. Patricia McGivern is my very special guest explanation she is the author of Angel Babies Messages from Miscarried Another Lost Babies www.patriciamcgivern.com Com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is a cliffhanger. <laughs> Nation, Patricia McIverner is our special guest. And Patricia, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us about somebody that you, a lady that was having problems sleeping. You you put her under hypnosis, started the regression. Her voice lowered, and she said that in a previous life she was a man, and that she was about to get hung for doing something. And she admitted it to you.
2: Yes, and and she did not believe in any of this. In fact, she called it very creepy. Creepy. Mm-hmm. This is very creepy. So I, after, after we had gone through the session, I assured her that you know some people look at it as a psychodrama of the mind or a metaphor, and just to let it go and, and accept yeah. it. In, in that lifetime, when he dropped, he or where the, the rope was uh, hung around his neck, is the same place we discovered that she hurt herself in a car accident. Well, she knew it, but I didn't know it. She didn't give me that information in the history. And her husband reminded her when she got home, well, don't you know that's when you wake up at night when your neck hurts. Since that time, she had been going to a chiropractor two times a year for seven years for this injury. And after we did that work, just re-experiencing that lifetime or whatever you want to call it, that... Uh, pain was gone. She sleeps through the night. She's walking, riding bikes, and when she went to her chiropractor, he said, you're in complete alignment. What have you done? And she said, I'm sorry, Patricia, but I was not going to tell her what I had done. But that's just a good example of how physical healing can help. It doesn't matter if people believe in it or not, Mm -hmm. just that it works is enough.
3: How do you deal with the skepticism that surrounds past life regression?
2: Well, usually people who are skeptics aren't going to come to me, so uh, I don't have to deal with that too much. And, you know, everybody is on their own path. It's okay. I'm not going to try to prove anything to anybody. Just, you know, when you have these experiences, they're so profound Mm -hmm. and meaningful that um, you are healed or in some way or you have an acknowledgement of, maybe even just who you were and your connection to someone in this lifetime. It's, it's fascinating.
3: Patricia, you are one fascinating lady. I love having you on the show. We'll have to have you back on. Um, our time is up. So okay. let our listeners know how they can find out more about you, Patricia, and where they can get a copy of your book.
2: Great. Well, you can buy Angel Babies, messages from Miss and Other Lost Babies on Amazon.com. And please write to me if you've had any stories. I would love to hear from you. Write to P. M-C-G-I-V-E-R-N, at AOL.com. And that information is on my website as well, www.patriciamcgivern.com. And thank you so much, Rob, for getting this information out to the world.
3: My pleasure, Patricia. Take care of yourself. Always great talking to you. You too. Bye-bye now. Once again, XO Nation, Patricia McGivern has been my guest for this hour. The name of her book is Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the x continues from our studios here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.